he's right here, so. Oh, he topped Whoa. it. He cold topped it. Okay. Ready to go. Yeah. Okay, Oh, he shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he out of sync. Welcome to the Bogey Boys podcast. You're joined here by Kevin and Mark, and we've got a special guest, Mr. Marcus Hirikil. Is that how was that? <laughs> oh, no, that's pretty good pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. That's so, oh, glad that's all. I'm glad that's all. Thanks, how's it? Uh, how's things going? It's uh, it's great. It's raining in Denmark, so um, but I'm having a three day break now, just spending time with the family and um, and just sleeping a lot and. Not doing very much, actually. So, sounds like a well-deserved break when you consider, obviously, the, the the year that you've had, and obviously, a fast start to the DP world as well. How's the last couple of weeks been for you? Um, yeah. I've enjoyed uh, my time out there, and uh, that's really what I. Um, um, that's really what I try to do. I try and enjoy my time on the golf course. Uh, so that I have done. I've been playing bad golf, but as you pro- guys probably know, that happens sometimes. Uh, oh, we know all about bad golf. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that that's what happens. And I have a fantastic team. I have a fantastic uh, family and 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 friends behind me. So um, they support me, and uh, they're going to try as best as uh, to their abilities to to uh, to make me play as good as I can and stay as happy and healthy as as I can. So. I played bad before the first four four event events, um, but that's what it is. It is what it is, and uh, yeah. we'll try keep on working. Yeah. Do you put that down to anything at the minute? Like you know, with the jump up to the DP world, like is the is there any difference, or is it just finding your feet, or what? 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 What do you put that down to? Um, I would say it could have an uh, influence on my game that. First of all, I got a small injury uh, right after my off season. Um, I had like two or three weeks off, and then I got a small injury and couldn't play practice as I wanted to. And then I got COVID, and then uh, yeah, and then that's why I also came a bit late uh, down to the uh, to the desert swing in the case of what I wanted to. And um, I didn't do the technical stuff that I wanted to do. I didn't do. Uh, the physical work that I wanted to do, and um, but you know what, that's not an excuse. But that could have done something. But you know what, it feels almost the exact same as playing on Challenge Tour, because if you just stick to to your game and you're there with your team, you, I have a, a my 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 caddy is a good friend, so so we just hang out and have fun, and and so so it feels very comfortable for me. Um, I would say the only difference for me is uh, I'm standing beside Ryan McIlroy in the putting green when I practice. That's kind of kind of fun. Um, yeah, but, yeah. but but no, like the range is in better conditions. The greens are in better conditions, uh, and the courses are in better conditions. And the greens are faster, and the rough is a bit more higher, and and all that. But that just means that the same shots that you hit last year into the rough it's going to be we're just going to have worse lies and you're just going to take it from there but the other guys in the DP World Tour is doing the same so exactly uh, so it doesn't, doesn't feel too different to be honest 
Is there any change in like atmosphere with a bit more fans and different things around compared to challenge? Uh, I would say the distance swing, there's not that many uh, fans around. Yeah. Uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai, there was a, a bit, Russell Kaiman, not really much. Uh, but I would say people are a bit more into their own stuff. Uh, whereas on the Challenge Tour, people, some people are not as focused. Uh, I would say in the practice and stuff, they're chatting a bit more. And then on, on, the, on the third level, where I was playing two years ago, in 2020, people are chatting very much. So, so that's kind of the, the, the difference between the levels. Yeah, the professional setup from a from a player perspective and what they yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, let's take take it all back then to where you first started the game and what what actually got you into the game of golf in the in the first place. Well, it started back when I was six years old. I I think I got plastic golf set by my dad or something and then um, nice. he played with some friends and um then he kind of got my granddad his uh, his dad and uh, and me into golf uh we just started playing a bit in our home club mom where i'm still a member um and then we played in the in the backyard my grand my granddad and uh, grandma they have uh, uh 200 meters of grass so that was plenty of uh of yardage for us to get started. So I've been hitting like, I would say, sometimes over a thousand balls a day down there in the backyard. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's started with my granddad. Yeah. I was going to ask, what, what's your inspiration then? Is it Thomas Bjorn? Are you looking up to Thomas Bjorn when, when you get a little bit older? Um, I would still say it was Tiger. Tiger, but yeah. It, it, it's such a boring answer, but like, no, it's the best answer. The, we're the same. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He, he was. He was just the biggest. He was just the yeah. biggest, and I just, I just remember me and my granddad. We were sitting up in the, um, up in the couch, and we were watching the. Uh, I think it was a press release from Tiger about the, his uh, his playing around with women, and we were just, we were almost crying because he was our star at that at that time. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess Tiger has been my inspiration and idol, and then it has become more Roy McIlroy, and then also Tommy Fleetwood the last few years. Nice. So then, from obviously you start getting into the game of golf, did you join a local club? Uh, I played in the fifty-fifty in the backyard of my grandparents and uh, in my home club's mom, where yeah. I also became member in when I was seven, and and started playing on the long course when I was seven, and. Uh, we played 36 holes a day, my granddad and I. Wow. That, that was nothing stopping us. Nothing yeah. stopping us. <laughs> Did you say 200 metres your backyard was? Yes, 200 metres, yeah. That's a full driver for Mark, that. <laughs> if I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> also for me. <laughs> hey, we've seen you play. <laughs> but six and seven, it's very young, that, isn't it, to be getting out on the golf course? It's probably a tribute to... Some of like the because you're only young now. Some of the success that you've had through your career at such a uh, young age. Yeah, I I would say some of the skills I have around the greens and like from weird positions and how I can control big curves and hit some kind of so many different weird kind of golf shots. That comes down to me playing around in the in the backyard. Um, yeah, because I was just putting a like a big bucket of 100 balls. And then I was like, 
it was like only 15 meters wide the the grass area and then was um another property on the left and then was a forest on the right and we only had 50 meters um so i was just hitting from behind a tree trying to slice it up the um, the 15 meter wide fairway fairway and then uh, <laughs> yeah yeah at some point we also put out bunkers and, and greens and stuff wow. um yeah so I, I would say that helped me a lot with uh, with the skills I have today and just playing around and hitting all those kind of golf shots. You, you say fairway, but then it's good for your imagination, isn't it? Then you can visualize, you know, when on the course and stuff, can't you? If it's, it's just all in your mind, isn't it then? hundred percent, hundred percent. And the funny thing is it's, I'm almost hitting it more straight when I have a shot where I need to slice it 70 meters around a tree or something. Yeah. That, that's kind of where you, you need to be so specific in where the ball needs to go and and like the ball needs to curve so much. It's yeah. kind of like I, I've been doing that for my whole life, and yeah. that's really helping me. That's that has helped me a lot. And you're talking there about playing 36 holes with with, with your granddad every day. Uh, when was that at that same time? Was you thinking this is something I want to do for the rest of my life? Play golf, or did that happen a bit later on in your career? Uh, I would say that was when I was in boarding school where I was like, I met people that were better than me because I didn't really meet people at the same age as me that was as good as me, even though I wasn't good when I was young. I was not good. But in Denmark, we're a small country and there's there's quite a few people playing golf, but because we're a small country, there's not that many good uh, golfers. And... um, and then when I was 15, I came to that boarding school, ISI it's called. And um, I was just people that was better than me, better than me. So I kind of, I was almost about to quit. Um, I didn't want mm-hmm. to practice because uh, I could see all the other guys were practicing better than me. And um, I wasn't really having fun doing that. And then after a month or so, um, I started practicing with some kind of quality and started making some results and um and yeah and so that this is this is actually quite fun to compete and and trying to become better and i should probably give this a shot and then it just gradually uh i practice more um i practice with more uh with more quality and i liked it more and more and then now i'm here when you say boarding school, was it a golf-like sort of boarding school, or was it just where people were playing golf? Uh, it's a sports uh, boarding school. Uh, it's the by far the best in the country. It has ah. so many national um, handball national team players and football national team players and uh, golf national team players. So it's, it was a perfect setup. It was like full of athletes so that was perfect that was uh, yeah, probably sounds- one of the best times of my life yeah sounds like good. it's not that place with this with the ski slope on the roof is it no no i don't know where that is somewhere in denmark as i was looking at it seeing it i got a, a ski slope on the roof but ah yeah yeah that's good yeah that's yeah. Coben hill ah uh, is hill. it yeah yeah no no that's the other part of the of denmark 
Yeah, well, there's a you know there's a few like Danish golfers you saying that Dan- D- Denmark's not that big of a place, but there's a few like DP words like the Hoy Guards and and a few other people coming through. Like, what do you attribute that to? And yourself, obviously. Um, um, the last the last few years, I think we're are we ten or eleven on the D World Tour from Denmark now. Yeah, I think that's pretty good from a country with uh, less than six million uh, people. Yeah. Um, but it's because the coaches it started like like five eight years ago the coach is starting to like help each other and and you're not really going to be accepted as a coach in um, in denmark if you're not always learning and always educating yourself like nothing is good enough and if you have a 100 percent. and if i don't know i don't don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or sound arrogant or something but like the environment of the danish coaches the standard is so much higher in, in elite coaches in denmark than than many other places yeah and i, I suppose that so goes what... back to that goes back to obviously the, the wins that were accumulated last year obviously yourself you got i think it was four mm. professional wins last year wasn't it and then was it four or five different danish winners on the dp world as well um, yeah. You know, it, it speaks volumes, doesn't it? That was one of the reasons I asked the questions about your inspiration. I wasn't sure whether that contributed to the to the uptake in, in quality of golf um, in in the country now. But no, it makes makes perfect sense what you've just said there. It kind of, yeah, but it, last year it kind of for me to win three tournaments and the chance to win one on the Nordic League and win the chance to rankings. It almost because all the other Danes has been playing so good and we had two Solheim Cup players and winning yeah. the trophy and it felt normal. It felt like it was nothing special. And that, and that, that and I think that's so cool. Yeah, I believe us, it was special. Something <laughs> <laughs> like that, yeah. But no, yeah, like you say, it, you, 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 it sounds right. You know, it does sound normal because everybody else from your nationality is winning as well. So it's like that winner mentality, isn't it? You know, you inspire each other. Yeah, 100%. If you see other guys winning and if you see other guys succeed, it will feel almost more comfortable and um, more normal. And it's it's like, it. I don't want this to sound arrogant at all, but like Nikolai and Rasmus, they're so good players. And to, to, to just see Nikolai Garden win, yeah. not easily at all. Um, I wouldn't say it easily, but it feels so natural. Like, yeah. yeah. For, for for me, if it, if a Dane wins the a tournament at the DP World Tour, and, the, and therefore it also feels very na- very natural for me to win. It's like something I I believe that I can do every week. Well, it's a credit to like the coaches because when Nikolai won, he was saying that he wasn't even he needed to like get out of his way, and you know he was a very he wasn't like saying he played the best golf of his life, and he still won by what four four to five was it? Like it's. It's just a credit to exactly what you're saying, and with the the coaches, and so obviously must be the expectations that the user all as a as a country helping each other progress as well. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, this is. I this I would say this is on the coaches. This the 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 era Danish golfers in now is is the coaches putting their egos to the side and helping each other out with their all players and. Uh, creating those uh, great environments for, for for players and juniors especially to, to be in. So yeah. this is, yeah, credits, credits the 
100%. Fantastic, and long, long may it continue. Yeah. So obviously, back onto to your progression, and obviously you, you say you're at boarding school there, then, and you said obviously you just continued to to get better and better. Um, I see you had a couple of big amateur wins around 2015, 2016. Were they your breakthrough wins as an amateur worthy to to make you think you know what I can actually make this, or did you believe that beforehand? You know what? Um, I've never ever had that feeling that I could not break breakthrough or whatever you okay. want to call it. But, yeah. but I've never ever had that feeling, okay, I'm gonna hundred percent do this. Like I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be top fifty in the world, I'm gonna be top hundred in the world, I'm gonna play on the DP World Tour. Like I've just been like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best and I'm gonna see where it takes me. And um, I really love that. I really it's a great attitude to have. Stay by day, isn't it? Yeah, it's day by day, just waking up, uh getting the re- repetitions in, staying healthy, um, and treating others well, treating yourself well. And if I just wake up and do the same good things every day, I'm pretty sure I will succeed in some way. Well, the proof's in the pudding, isn't it, already? Right? Like, seems a tried and tested method, doesn't it? Yes. So moving forward from your amateur, you've turned pro in 2017. Yeah, in the Nordic Golf League. That's like where, that's like where all my friends play. Um, yeah. My golfing friends that play. Um, that was very comfortable. Very comfortable. We were driving around to golf tournaments and and yeah, we were playing golf courses we knew. Um, that's it was Denmark, Sweden, Norway, and Finland, and then a few events in Spain in the in the winter season. And then um, yeah, I just I had no clue what to expect. Uh, expect, and then I finished top five, which gave me access to the uh, challenge tour in two thousand nineteen. And then uh, that was not that good of a year, though. It's a good learning experience. Yeah, is that what is that what you think? Is that obviously that that year that you had in the challenge tour, although it weren't successful, did that set you up nicely for obviously the years to come and then getting back on the challenge tour a couple of years later and then doing what you have done last year? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I I don't think after these four weeks here, uh, I don't think my uh, approach to try and become better would be the same as it is now if I didn't have that experience in 2019 because in 2019 i kind of tried too much all the time because i really wanted good results but i didn't prioritize um being healthy uh, doing my meditation doing my physical stuff doing my stretches and my movement um and i didn't prioritize just sticking to the things i knew worked and just continuously um putting reps in and just gradually just adding some things and i would say if i didn't have that um experience in 2019 i would probably seek and try and fix stuff and try new methods and ways now uh, because i'm not satisfied with the last four tournaments and my game and um, but i know I just need to do my meditation. I need to do my physical work. I do. I need to do all those good stuff. I need to uh, visit my family and and visit my friends and and just get the the same work in as I always do. Do you know what you're saying that on the 2019 you've done things 
wrong and then obviously on 2021 you've done things right talk to us a little bit about the differences in and what and what you found compared to what you were doing so did you have like a better more a more structured like routine 100 percent um first of all i was very much uh i've been more aware of the um of the importance of meditation um and just staying on top of my health mental and physical uh that's so important like for everyone um, and also me yeah and i'm i'm so happy that i found this found out this and um that's that's almost it like i, I i'm more structured now i am on that on that uh, point you've just mentioned on that point you've just mentioned there about obviously you're so glad that you found out about this how, how did that come about did you um, get a new member of your team in to, to help you with that side of things. What and what also? What does your team look like at the moment? Have you got some someone for every element of, of different things that you do? Uh, yeah, I would say most credits to my uh, to my coach, my golf coach, Andreas Gailey. Okay. Um, yeah. That's uh, he's a. Uh, I don't know if you know him, but uh, he's a he's a crazy good coach, and and he's very much all around and. He really has gotten to know me almost better than my my mom and dad, <laughs> um, and I speak to him so often. And that's like he's always trying to improve. He always tries to become a better person and a better uh, better coach. And and yeah, so that's he's just staying on top. Marcus, how are you doing? Are you doing your meditation? Are you doing all those stuff? And then yeah, still putting the work in with him. Is it so? Does he practice what he preaches as well? Then he's he's on top of his the meditation and and all the uh, well being stuff as well. Um, I think he meditates, but yeah. he drinks too many beers and he eats too too much shit food. That, that's for sure. <laughs> that sounds like me that I meditate, then go to have a hamburger and six beers. It's like and then meditate and try and get rid of it. That sounds like Andreas or me once a month. Yeah, nice. There you go. Yeah, there you go. We need to have a, a few beers sometimes. A oh, million need, percent you need to let loose, definitely. Yeah, and and yeah, to um, the other part of your question, I also have a physical coach, of course, and a mental coach within the national team, who's helping the national team. He's very great, um, and then I also use a coach uh, from the a swing coach from the national team, who's very much on tour as well, and and as I said coaches in Denmark they are very good at speaking to each other so they know what, what I'm working on and they know yeah, each other's philosophy yeah and um, so that's my team and then I have Modest uh, who, who helps me out with the yeah. all behind the scenes stuff like your interviews and stuff yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> we're setting me up I'd be interested just while we're on this topic, just to know what what the what the mindset's like going into a tournament for yourself, Marcus, and obviously what 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 are your what are your goals and what are your targets and what what are your thought processes? You know, whilst you're on the course and competing, um, I'm trying to very much put the emotions and feelings aside when I play golf. I um, I have a very statistical approach, and uh, the most important thing for me. Is to go out and enjoy the game, and if I can do my course management work, uh, which I do uh, by using the decade system, um, and I do my work before, like my practice, and just so I know what's good and what's not good in my game, and what my dispersions are, 
And when I tee it up, that's where I don't relax. But that's that's not um, as far as uh, much work that I put in on the practice days. So when I get on the course, I go on kind of chill and I just have my targets. I try and do everything I can to add it to those targets. And then I, I kind of accept where it goes. Yeah. So you know the the decade. I think we've we've touched on this. It's Scott. Is it Scott? Scott, someone, isn't it? Yeah, Scott Fawcett. Scott Fawcett. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So we've talked about this a few times on the podcast. But just for the listeners, anyone listening, do you want to enlighten them a little bit more on on sort of the work that you put in beforehand with the decade system on what it actually is? Yes. Yes. Of course. It's like you have a dispersion. On every golf should you have a dispersion. You have a dispersion, long, short, uh, short and long, and then you have uh, right and left. And then we have the center of that dispersion. And then I go on Google Earth, um, and then I put that center of dispersion in the middle between uh, disasters, uh, which would be penalty shots or bushes or water. And if there's 60 meters of room, I'll hit it there. I, I can hit a driver, full standard driver. And um, if there's less than um, than 60 meters uh, between penalty shots, then I'll go down and hit my chip driver. I'm hitting a chip driver instead of a three wood or two iron off the tee. Um, and then if there's less than 50 meters, with this, which is not very usual, I'll go down and hit a four iron or something. Yeah, um, nice and that's, then, then I know my exact targets where they are. And so there's no guesswork. And that's why I can kind of put my emotions aside and then just go with the stats and odds so you plan your round before like you, you fully plot your round before you you go out there yes and then i yes i do and then i uh, i use the decade system when i hit into the greens uh my approach shots um do you want me to give an example yes go on yeah of how, how i use it yeah um like let's say the um, around the green uh, we're giving it um, we're giving it numbers. If it's easy fairway, like pure fairways, as it was in Abu Dhabi, uh, where I was like, that was a putting green in Denmark. It was so crazy. I give that a minus two. And then if there's water around, I give that a three. If it's a minus two, I'm going to aim two meters closer to the edge of the green. If it's three, I'm going to aim three meters further away from that edge of the green. So let's say I have 100, 100 meters in, or 150. For 150 meters, I need to aim seven meters away from the edge of the green. And then let's say there's water. Then it's then we add three. So then it's 10 meters away from the edge of the green. And then if the pin is like five paces away from the edge of the green, that means I'm going to hit five meters left of the pin. Right, okay. and, right. and that's like the statistical approach. I know that I'm going to get the lowest average score if i keep on doing that yeah because there's some guys that have done the math before me when did you adopt this decade system was that like a change in fortune like in 2001 or in 2021 sorry or have you been using it otherwise i would say i learned it in 2015 that was my first time all right okay. hearing about it and that, that that's my coach my my coach continually just trying to learn and get better and that was part of it and then he learned this system and I kind of, I did it in some way. Um, yeah. Not enough, I would say. But then yeah. 
I remember the, the first time I remember I used it, I shot 59. Wow, so, nice. <laughs> yeah. Is, that'll that'll yeah. keep it going then. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a good reminder for me that you can shoot a pretty damn low score even though you're playing conservative golf and not wow. playing aggressively. Um, yeah, that was a way more conservative approach to the golf course. Uh, um, more conservative than I have done in the past to the, on that same golf course. And, and there I just saw it, it can, you can shoot low scores and it works. Is there, is there a time where, you know, it, the book goes out the window or it's, you, know, you haven't started so well or do you just stick to the process the whole time? Is there a time where you have to maybe get a bit more aggressive because of mm. the, the score and or you're close to a cut line or something? That I need to get very close to a cut line. Uh, yeah. Maybe one hole left. Maybe one hole left, one, sh- one approach shot left. Also, I will not do it because I know... Like if I'm if I'm four shots from the from a cut or something, which is not very often it happens, but if yeah. you're four shots off with four holes left, I'm probably going to hit drive on all holes to get it as close as possible, and I'm not sure I'm going to aim for the flags. But yeah, right. I'm 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 not sure. It's kind of like I really I really yeah. yeah like like yeah. sometimes it's it's like instinctual like like there was a whole seventeen last week. I had a back right pin and, and he, I should have aimed three meters left of it. Um, the wind was coming in from the right and I was like, I'm just going to try and hit it one meter left. And sometimes you do not know why you do it. Yeah. But I felt so much more committed to moving my target two meters more right towards the flag stick than, than hitting it three meters left of it. And I was like, speaking to Morton, my caddy and good friend, like, I, I, I'm not committed to the other target. I re- I'm really committed to one meter left of the flag. So let's just beat the odds or beat the statistics or. Yeah. And so sometimes I do it, but it's not very often. And what happened there? Did it, was it a better result or did you put it in the water or what? <laughs> Suspense was killing me there. <laughs> it was a good shot. It was a good shot. Oh, that's I, I actually, good. That's... But, but, but if I, it land, it landed like in the right fringe and then spun like, back left to about I would say nine feet or something so if I have if I had aimed for the flag there I would have been crazy short side in the rough yeah yeah, yeah. so it's important isn't it to get those dispersions right and those those lines right yeah yeah 100 percent 100 percent you gotta you gotta stick to them um I would say 19 out of 20 times it just it feels like sometimes you know like when if if we I've tried to adopt this aim for spots and then I think obviously I'm not as executing as good as you so it must be a bit more frustrating but you hit it right on your line like three meters left of the flag and you think if I'd have hit that the flag I'd be a foot away. You, you really get reminded when you aim five meters left of a flag and you just put it like up to an inch. Yeah. And I'm, and like okay this is why I'm doing it. Because yeah, if I, I was see. aiming for the flag there, I would have I would have been short side of the bunker. Yeah, like, I see. Yeah, because when you're in the moment and you're you're being controlled by your emotions and feelings, you don't really see this. But if you are, if you're seeing yourself from like far, then you see your shot dispersions in every golf shot. Like if a pin is back right, and you have water in the back, and you have a bunker on the right, like if you aim for the flag 
like 15% of the balls will go in the water, 15% of the balls will go in the bunker, and then the rest, the rest will go in the green. But if you aim away from the water and the bunker, you'll have 95% in the green. Yeah. yeah. And you will still have as many balls close to the flag because you will still have shots that go to the far right of your dispersion. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so it's only your miss shots that's going to come close to the flag. But yeah. you're, you're, we all have a dispersion. But like Roy McIlroy, Colin Murakawa, John Ram, they just have a tighter dispersion than I have. I'm trying okay. to get as tight as dispersion as they have, but they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Some of our some of our dispersions go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I really hope not. Just on on that point though, I don't know if you caught much of the waste management last week on the PJ tour. You you watched any of it, but um coming down seventeen, Theogala, it's it's a shot. And I don't know whether he uses these type of statistics, but he's he's played a cut off the off the water and it's it's kicked left with cut spin into the water. It's obviously cost him the championship in the end. Um but it's interesting you say that because potentially if he aims if he is doing that and he aims slightly to to a less aggressive target on that hole, he potentially wins the tournament. So it can be the difference between winning and losing, can't it? It can. And and like it hundred percent can and when you're in the field of battle and you don't know the systems, yeah, you, you just do it. You just go for the flags if you want to and if you feel like, but but I just know that if I pick this target, which is calculated by, by odds and statistics, I know I'm gonna win more golf tournaments by doing this. I'm gonna make more cuts. I'm gonna get more world ranking points. I'm, I'm gonna be a better player. I'm gonna, my, my average score is gonna be lower. Yeah, that's what you want, isn't it? Well, talk, 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 obviously, you just mentioned you, you just mentioned there winning, winning more tournaments. Obviously, just looking back at last year, um, we mentioned there the, the four wins, one on the the Nordic, and then three on the Challenge. So, what specifically changed that year? Um, was there anything that you can pinpoint when you look back on the year to think how have I won four times in in the one year? Um, putting feelings and emotions even more side, being okay. even more. Um, specific on on actually doing the decade targets like 19 out of 20 times and okay. just trying my best to hit those targets and and just taking it shot by shot day by day and tournament by tournament and then suddenly it adds up and I had no clue I was I had, I, I didn't have full status for last year in Champs Tour so it's like it suddenly went pretty fast and Full circle, yeah. That, yeah, but that, that I think that's how it works. You, you you don't know what to. You shouldn't expect anything at all. Yeah, that, that, that's what I think. You should just go out there and try your best right now in the present, and then the future will will be as it is. Yeah. It's what, whatever you expect it's always always going to be different isn't it? Like it's you never expect something it happens exactly the way it, you're thinking in your mind, does it? Hundred percent. Like sometimes you can have that feeling. Okay, I'm, it's good today. I'm gonna shoot low one. I'm gonna win this tournament, or I'm feeling I'm playing good at the moment. I'm I'm gonna be climbing the rankings and the next few events. And 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 sometimes you feel like oh, I'm playing awfully. Um, I can't. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm gonna make any cuts. And no matter the feelings and emotions, I 
I believe, I 100% believe that if I stay or if, if you stay present and just do your thing, just do your best in this, in this exact moment, it's not going to have any influence on your, on your results. On that little, the four-month stretch there that you've had on the on the challenge last year, when you've won in August, then you've won in October, and then you've won the grand final. You've won them in so in different fashions. You like you've been twenty-three under, twenty-five under, and then in the grand final you've had an eight under, and obviously that was the biggest. That would be the biggest event, obviously, wouldn't it? Which is winning the final with the score being like eight under. Was the with the conditions a lot harder? Just talk us through that that grand final that you won. Yes, the, the conditions were very much harder. Like nice. I remember, I remember playing hole number ten, like into the wind from the right. It was a dog right with water on the right. It was like two hundred and thirty meters out with the chip driver, <laughs> like, and then having hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty meters in, and it was just like a full foreign with out of bounds left and water right. I was <laughs> just like, I was so many holes where I was just like staying alive. It was all about yeah. making pars, all about yeah. making pars. And I think that was my, my advantage because I knew it was all about making pars. Yeah. Um, but well, the better the fields are getting, if you're playing majors, I mean, the guys out there, they know that it's all about making pars. Yeah. So, but I would say that was my men- mentality and that worked out. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the genesis this week, isn't it? That seems to be uh, one that catches the players out. Um, real tough track. Yeah, I've I've been playing that at the the at USM. I I got beaten. Yeah, oh, big time, yeah. big yeah. time. It does. It just looks like it can. Like when you say their pars are good, pars are very good on that course, aren't they? If you can. Yeah, yeah. I I just remember being in one of the holes. Like I think it was hole number twelve. I was in the center of having hundred and. 50 meters in and with the firmness and the speeds of the greens and the and like how the bunker was covering the green i was i could see there was no way for me to see a par there was no <laughs> yeah. way for me to see a par i was like yeah. how can the tour players be like minus 15 here i don't get it <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy a question it? on that then did you did you go for it on 10 i know there's always uh, yeah Good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That 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 that's that's uh, stats made on it. So yeah, I do it. That, that's actually a specific. That's a specific target to every pin, where you know you're gonna gain most shots on the field, like because they've done so much research on that all. So yeah, just go for I'm that look- target, and that's always going for the green. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that this week. One of the questions I was on, going to ask about the future then, because we're talking about the present so much. Um, they're just about obviously. Do you have do you have your eyes set on? And obviously, you're in the top 100 in the world now. Do you have targets for top 50 in the world to get in the WGCs, the players further on for, for next year for the Ryder Cup? Is that something that's in your in your sight now, or are you solely just staying in the present and seeing what happens? Um, like it's it's my goal. It's my goal to. That's kind of like a life goal to keep my card in the yeah. DP World Tour and and play in the finals and win multiple times out here. And but you know what? I can't do that if I do not do my meditations. If I do not stay healthy. If I do not um, treat myself good. And if I don't treat others well. If I if I don't do my stuff. If I don't stay present. Yeah. That's not going to happen. So so why focus on that for me? 
They, they yeah. say, but that's what I want to do. I want to play the Ryder Cup. I want to play the Ryder Cup every second year. And yeah. I, I want to win every every major. But yeah. if, if that's my only focus, it's not going to happen really, I think. Well, that's it. You're going to be disappointed, aren't you? Thinking, I wish I could be doing that. Whereas you can actually focus on your meditation and your health and your others and you can get gratification every day, can't you? And take that mm. forward and look after them things and the, the bigger things that happen in the future. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's, I think it's so much more fun to just have the tasks of the day and stay present in those. Even though I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not. It's not always easy to to look at the leaderboard and seeing your hundred, you hundred on the leaderboard, and like you need to make three birdies to make the cut. Like that's not that's not very nice. Um, yeah. But the you can still just be present, and that's what I try and do every day. Do my things, be present, and and see what gets me. Um, but yeah, I'm not perfect, but I try to be. No, oh, definitely. Yeah, we've talked a lot about the, the meditation, and obviously, is that something that you do on a daily basis? Is it you do that every single day? Do you? I I do sound waves. Uh, I combine meditation with sound waves, and I'm very non-specific in, in what exact meditations I need to do. But I try and do seven meditations a week. Um, but as I said, I'm not perfect and, but I would say, uh, I'm, I'm at five or six a week, five or six more than me. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I, I try and meditate most days myself. Like it's, but it's, it can be anywhere from three minutes to 20 minutes. It just all depends on like how you're feeling and what goes on. You, you sometimes you sit down and you think I just can't do this. Get me out of here. Yes. hundred percent. But, but, and it's They're the days, the days you meant to be longer. Like yeah, hundred percent. And and I'm also terrible at that. Yeah. So what's what's the schedule look like for the for the full year now? Then moving forward this year, is it you got? I know you've obviously got your full playing rights on the DP because you you won the challenge race to Mallorca last year. Um, are you going to play in everything? Are you? Have you planned your schedule already? Uh, I've not planned my sc- my schedule already because some of the tournaments here in the beginning has been like on and off, and they've not been sure. Uh, because of COVID and all that. Um, but I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm not playing too much. Yeah. Because um, I'm, I'm going to burn out, like, if I play too much. Yeah. And, um, yeah, as I've said so many times before, I, I need to stay on top of staying healthy. And, and that's the main priority. And if I do that, I, I think I'm, I'll be pay, playing the best golf in the long run. You re- we, I read something about Bubba Watson saying that, like, the kids, like, obviously, like, meaning, like, 25 and under, like, yourself and all the other boys that are coming up, they've got so much access to how everyone's played the tournaments and done everything before that they're almost, they can relive it before they even do it. For me, it's all about the grass types and how far the ball is going and in, in the conditions and how fast the greens are. Um, like, I... I I kind of don't need to put on the greens if I know how fast they are yeah. and I know how the green is. And as long as I know how the grass is and what the ball does from it, I don't need to play a practice round on any course that has been not even played before. Like, cause I can do all my, my work from home. Yeah. So, oh, do you yeah, have like a, a putting green that does the speeds or something there, do you? Or you just no, know no, from but like, I, I, I use aim point. I use aim point. So, and I have, 
and I have the system dialed in. So I know the if the stimp is 10 and it's eight feet, 3%, it's like 30, 30 or 40 centimeters out. And then my caddy has needs to know the sheets before we go out and play. And yeah. and then I do my my systems with the fingers. This is this here yeah. is uh, 3% from uh, stimp 10. So yeah. I just know I've- know how much it breaks. How you were talking about greens and obviously the the rule coming about green books being banned did that impact you at all or no it does not but not having the yeah I'm not using the green book and uh, you don't use them yeah. no but we can only have the pin sheets and the wind map in our uh, stroke service yeah uh, so um, so yeah now uh, I was about to put my um, sheets with the um, with the stems. And the uh, the length of the putt and the percentage of the break in my stroke saver, but now I can't. Like, yeah. Uh, so so now my caddy needs to remember every break in the head. <laughs> so, yeah, in, 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 need to get it right, right it on his arm. <laughs> yes. In. He definitely earned his money then. Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> No, brilliant. Look, I don't know if there's anything that we've potentially missed there. Is there anything in particular you can think of that would be good for, for our listeners? Uh, I really want to in, inspire young golfers to um, to really have a good time when they play yeah. golf. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a... I really enjoy being with the kids in my home club and I really enjoy hosting events. And my main goal with that is like, have fun. Yeah. Go yeah. out and do your best and do not be influenced by the results your mates are doing or and how many strokes you're using. Do your best, show up, practice, and then when you go on the course, have fun with your friends and try and get as good score as possible, but just enjoy it. I think yeah. that is I think that's I think that's so important for for the for the young guys to, to stay in the game, but also just enjoy the game. Yeah, do you know what? One thing I was going to say to you is, I think you're the youngest, furthest on golfer we've had, and you're the first person to talk about mindfulness, staying present, and meditation. So, I've been reading a lot of books myself, like The Power of Now, and um, a few different meditation books, and like you know, self help books and all that. And it's just yeah. good that you're taking them into your approach into professional golf as well. So, do you think we'll be seeing a lot more of that come going forward? Yeah, hundred percent, and it's going to. It's gonna make it fun for more fun for all people to play. There are people are getting better by doing it. Yeah. Um, we we're all gonna have a better approach to life and to golf. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the normal person, normal day person who has a normal day life, they're gonna do it more. Golfers, they're gonna do it more. Athletes in general are gonna do it more, and. Um, yeah, we need to uh, we need to get our success now when it's like in the early phase, because yeah. when when all starts to use all the statistics and yeah and all that meditation, mindfulness, presence, and and all that, then they're gonna catch up on us. <laughs> Definitely. Well, we wish you the best of luck for the season. We'll be we'll be tracking your progress. Um, through our, we'll be, we always report on all the guests that we have on our weekly show. So we'll be keeping everyone up to date on how you're getting on. And we wish you the best of luck for the future. And uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. 
Yeah, and if you're up this end, I know obviously there's a we're close to Hillside Golf Club. There's a tournament on the DP World um, that that's been introduced to that. So if you're up this end, we'll come come and see it and, and cheer you on. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely. That would be nice. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, thanks no worries. Thanks very much, time. Marcus. Really appreciate it, Marcus. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You take care. Thanks. You too. So that right. Thank you.